welcome to three out of three falls. You laugh every time. Who says I'm laughing? I can see. Okay. <laughs> we are a wrestling podcast where we talk about three matches, one chosen by each of your two hosts and one chosen by a thing we have called the random match generator. Well, I wouldn't say we have it. Maybe it has us at this it point. It has us. It so, fucking has uh, us. Three matches are picked. We talk about all three of them. My name's Joe. Hey, my name's Jason. Maybe four matches should be picked, and we'll throw one in the garbage and talk about only... No. <laughs> it's a dumpster match. A dumpster we're gonna match. Pick a, we're going to pick a fucking dumpster match. And just say at the end, like, the fourth match this week is this match. Don't watch it. <laughs> I feel like I've picked some dumpster matches. Anyway... Um, you most certainly have. We've got a fun show. Uh, before we get to it, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Podomatic. Yeah, that's that's where we host our podcast. And go to our blog at t-o-o-t-f t-o-o-t-f dot tumblr dot com, uh, where we post things and predict future Brizongo videos, like we did with our Belushi special. Yeah, man, we had the fucking. Connection. Between. We had the fucking third eye locked into that shit, yep. dude. And it was I'm so glad it was Brizango who did that. Because I love them. Um, <laughs> I know you do. Hey, I also Joe. saw them live on Saturday. Yeah, you fucking did. Dude, tell me, tell me what that was like. It was the last throw at the Joe. When they, they played Raw there a few months ago, and they called it the last show, last go at the Joe. Last go at the but Joe. But then they booked this house show, and they're like, oh, we need another rhyming word. And <laughs> Brock Lesnar was there, so they made a special red shirt with a guy, Brockish shape, suplexing a guy. Sold out, Holy didn't shit. get one. Oh, man. last throw at the Joe, you know. So Joe Louis Arena's maybe one of its final shows. If not, it's totally final show. Wow. And I was there. Uh, um, how, did it, how did it feel? You know, it felt it was not super packed. And really? No. It, That's it, extremely it was, surprising. I feel like me. a lot of their house shows are not. And it was uh, okay. You know, it was way too expensive. I bought a ticket off of StubHub, but even the face value price of my ticket was $80. And Whoa. I was first row off the floor and um, like right dead on the rigging corner, basically. Right, um, I saw on the narrow saw side. So it was like six. There's like the ring side, six rows of chairs, and then like eight feet or ten feet of concrete, and then me. Right. So yeah, pretty you close. Had, it looked like, yeah, it looked like you had pretty great seats. Uh, you know, I feel like unless you're first or second row, maybe, of ringside, right along the ring, then. There's no difference between my, any other seat and like and any other seat in up until the lower bowl, right? The end of the lower bowl. Yes. So like you could, like I felt like if I was closer and that was cool, but our seats at NXT Takeover Brooklyn One mm. had kind of a cool vantage point too, you know. And also we're... that that show was so much fucking fun, dude. Yeah. That was the most fun. Well, that's the other thing. This house show. Everything seemed like, I don't want to say phoned in, but... They phoned they phoned it in at the Joe? I don't think so. 
but it just made me feel like, oh, this is a house show. The way you feel about TV matches is the way I felt about this. I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is fun. Maybe it's because they aren't switching camera angles that I can see when they whiff punches or half-ass a move or something more than on TV. But I don't remember thinking that when we were at TakeOver Brooklyn. And, like, this – AJ Styles is the first one that comes out. The first person that comes out. Kevin Owens. Wow. That was the opener. And I was like, oh, that was okay. Like, it seemed kind of quick. It seemed a little sloppy. And it didn't sure. seem, like, big. Um, and then nothing really did until um, the two biggest pox, pops, Randy Orton and John Cena. But the coolest thing about the show, I would say, is children. Kids yeah. were chanting stuff, and they were hilarious. They weren't being smarky. That's cool. They were just really into it. That's cool. The uh, I'm just going to give you a couple other bullet points about what house shows i don't know maybe it's just this specific house show the wrestlers seem to be sillier they have more fun and oh yeah yeah they play up to the crowd a lot more they're constantly trying to get the crowd riled up especially maybe because it was not a super full show right and they are interacting directly with people in the crowd talking to them and heels that are normally like stern are we're really turning around to the crowd and yelling and just trying to get every ounce of 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 boo or cheer out of everybody you know which sure. is really fun and highlights for me were Bra- uh baron corbin punching Sami Zayn incredibly <laughs> loudly i thought i thought he legit punched him in the face as hard as he could it was crazy and sammy just like slumped on the ground dead it was awesome did he skank? Um, did he skank down to the ground? You know, I was getting. I think I might have been getting. I got a whole lot of beers because the trip to the beer was like two minutes. Remember when we were at Brook, Brooklyn Takeover One? Oh yeah, I do. It I was not a long that. trip to the beer. This was similar. No, um, no, and also we had a lot of beer before we even went yeah, to the. Yeah, see, I wish I would have had some. We had some whiskey, I think, too. That would have done it. That would have made me more excited, I think. But I also didn't yeah. have a friend there, so. Um, highlights and then more negative points uh new day versus brizango versus the usos was pretty fun um had a lot of good moves but it also had a lot of comedy tyler breeze repeated his rolling thing with fandango waving him on but this time to the new day who were just like confused (laughs) but funny about it and then Big E and breeze had a thing where breeze tried to lift him for like a suplex or something and biggie he couldn't get him up and then biggie was like try it again and then Breeze would get stressed out and Fandango would psych him up and he would go try it again. And finally, they kept letting him try it again. And then finally, uh, he was about to try it again. And he goes, no, you you throw me. And Biggie's <laughs> like, okay. And suplexes him or whatever. Uh, but then the Usos come in, you know, and make it serious again. New Day wins and Big E got pretty dirty on a turnbuckle at the end. And Kofi like and dirty. Xavier are like, what are you doing, dude? Like banging it, basically. He was like gyrating <laughs> on it, and the by far, I mean, Biggie's always doing weird, like crazy weird. sexual stuff, right? And he oh, was yeah. overboard, and it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe was like six minutes long, but not a total squash, and neat to see, right? That's cool. Um, what else? Uh, then there was a women. I skipped a couple matches. There was a women's 
three on three makes me sad that they can't fit two women's matches on a house show card. But who was, who was short. the team? Who were the teams? It was Naomi, Becky, and Charlotte versus Carmella, Natalia, and um, Tamina. It wasn't Lana. Okay. Yeah, that would be right. Um, cool. And uh, it was fun. They all seemed to be having them and the men's tag. They were having, they were having the best time. time. They were having okay. the best time. And Carmella live is crazy. She's like really? screeching the whole time and doing a comedy act. And was surprisingly funny and generating all sorts of heat and getting beat the shit beat out of her by the good cool. guys. And uh, Natalia was like way more verbal with the crowd, trying to get people psyched up, and they were really funny. Like, I don't know, it, it seems cool. like they have more leeway at the house shows to like be silly and be broader. And yeah. and then my biggest takeaway of that match was Naomi's rear end move, right? Because like I normally hate, yeah, I hate butt based butt based offense. Sure. In wrestling, and I always thought that move was dumb. And she hit Carmella with it, I believe. And first of all, Carmella is not very short. And Naomi leaped up in the air. So her ass was face height of Carmella, which is so she jumped. So she jumped like five feet in the air. Yeah, she jumps and she actually jumps back a little and it looked brutal. It was one of the most brutal moves I saw all night. Her ass, which is gigantic just flew smashing into Carmel's running at her into Carmela's face. And I thought her nose was broken. It was insane. (laughs) I was like, I turned to the stranger next to me and said, that's the best that moves ever looked. (laughs) He was like, yeah, it was crazy. How great that move looked. That's cool. Um, Other things that seem like, I feel like the people in back or the people who work for WWE see a different thing than we do. Right. So sure. the next match was Nakamura and Orton versus Jinder Mahal and Dolph Ziggler. Oh, wow. And Orton gets a huge pop. Everyone else gets okay pops, right? Ziggler was actually really cool to watch live. Um, cool. Jinder Mahal live is so grotesque looking, but in a different way than he is on TV. And he's impressive in a way that I can totally see. And he's very tall, you know? I can totally yeah. see why people in the back would see him and be like, you're not a jobber anymore. Holy shit. You know? <laughs> um, and I text you about his calves because the masked man show podcast, um, they called out his tiny calves. Um, and I saw them and they're very tiny. Um, cool. This match was kind of fun. I think, uh, I can't remember a ton. And then the last match was Cena versus Rusev. I liked them both. They had a match and then I left. Um, Things that bum me out besides that kind of just being underwhelming and short and expensive sure. were sure. that um, the guy next to me and the two guys behind me seemed like super into wrestling, but in kind of different ways. The two guys behind me are guy, dirt sheet guys, so they oh, read shit. all the internet rumors. So the whole oh, time yeah. they were just being cynical and talking about like sitting back. I was like standing up annoyingly compared to everyone else in my Dude, as side. you should. I yeah. mean, whenever we whenever we went to NXT, we yeah. stood like the whole fucking time. I just didn't want to get in kids' ways who were kind of who who my sight. I don't know. It was, but the guys behind me were just sitting there most of the time, and they kept going like, "Oh yeah," they would just kept repeating internet dirt sheet articles or Reddit rumors or Meltzer stuff, right? 
but then they would say a thing, but then they didn't, they hadn't read like the follow up to it. So they would be like, yeah, so-and-so said this guy did this, or, you know, or this, they wouldn't even say so-and-so said, they'd be like, this person's in the doghouse. And then I'd be like, yeah, but there was an article the next day where Meltzer <laughs> tweeted, like, no, he's not really in the doghouse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was like, you got to read the follow-up to all this. So it made me feel like an even bigger nerd because I knew the follow-up. I didn't say anything to him. And the guy next to me, and every two count, yeah, he would count along the ref, with the ref. And you know how they do? One, two. Two. And he goes, two, sweet. You ever <laughs> no, heard that? He did that no. every time. <laughs> There are a shitload of two counts. A shitload of two counts. And every time, it's like he wanted the people around him to join in. And no one was. But he felt like, I got to hold to what I want to do. Which, more power to him, you know? Doing his thing. But I was not about to do that. And I certainly felt annoyed every time he did it. And embarrassed. Um, well, and I'll then go- he left before the main event. Which is the biggest, like, super smart Mark thing to do. Be like, fuck John Cena. (laughs) Definitely not too sweet. Well, I know what I'm doing if I end up coming out for Hell in a Cell. Too sweet, man. No, don't don't do that. Stand. Even if it's a one count, I'm just going to go, too sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Over and over. And then, like. You could hear like six other people in the crowd doing it. Um, doing too sweet shit. Yeah, but the coolest thing, uh, some little kids got a a funny chant for uh, like Orton or or against Mahal or something or like, and a funny a good Sami Zayn. I don't know. I was just like one time I turned back and I went good chant kids or good job kids. It was great. The kids are <laughs> awesome. All these little That's kids cool. yelling at the good guys and booing the bad guys and being funny. Um. Anyway, that was the house show. It's kind of that a sounds... long thing, but it was okay. Hey, hey, man. I mean, my favorite went... thing is I texted you. Probably my last house show. Just gonna go next thing. Next thing I go to will be a pay per view, and then they announce Hell in the Cell. <laughs> so, it's like sweet. Yeah, dude. No, it's actually too sweet. Oh God. <laughs> hey, you picked a match. Hey. Yes, I fucking did. Are I you sure did. Do it? Are you gonna do the intro? Oh, man. I don't, Match I... number one! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Match number one. Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn from Hardcore Heaven 1999, May 16th, 1999. This is the return contest from the previous uh, Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn uh, episode that we that we reviewed. Oh gosh, episode. I have no idea. I remember four, doing five, that. four or five, something like that. But hey, you this, you left out the fact that it's for the T the tele ECW Television Championship. I was about to say that. Which is TV championships are your favorite. They <laughs> they are. But the thing about this match was that you know typically a television match would have a. 15 minute time limit this had like 30 minute time limit no time limit so, no dq oh fuck also my, my notes my notes suck this time it, joe does ecw have dq i i, I think you chairs would, and tables is it just you, you can't would, have a guy run in i think that you would literally have to pull out a gun and shoot someone and then yeah. you might then they might ring the bell if a person dies in the ring 
True. But I mean, fuck, man. If we were talking about New Jack jumping off of fucking buildings, nearly killing himself, that's, you know. It just seems so silly that they announced no DQ. It also (laughs) seems silly. Anyone who doesn't have, like, a little Bill Alfonso running around throwing him chairs to use is a moron. It's true. It's true. Um, So why did you pick this match? (laughs) I picked this match because it was technically one of the first actually it's either the first or second ecw match that i ever saw you saw this before the okay because this this match was included on the inaugural episode of ecw on tnn in 1999 Mm. they had a taping but paulie thought that half of it sucked so he just put on some pay-per-view matches of which this was one of them hilarious so uh, the, and it was pretty much showed uncut like it was awesome all the blood was there all of the ridiculous a lot of blood yeah a lot of fucking blood a lot of inadvertent blood because actually both participants got cut i was gonna ask about way, that legit hard way i i thought lynn i was like either he's taking a long time blading down there on the ground or he is heavily concussed <laughs> He was heavily fucking concussed. Oh, that sucks. So and then he went on to wrestle twenty more minutes of getting his ass kicked and just uh, like brutally destroyed. And then yeah. every once in a while, busting out a crazy move and then getting hit in the head more. God, that's, yeah, that, that's a big bummer. They both look pretty gnarly by the end. Oh yeah, no, they do. The I mean, RVD R- <laughs> RVD gets busted open by a stray elbow, like within the first like five minutes yeah and then jerry lynn gets busted open he actually breaks his fucking nose oh that's what happened yeah um he was positioned up on a rope kind of balancing on a rope and rvd hits this crazy fucking like what kind of kick would you even call that joe that's when he hits him yeah he fucking kicks him he jumps off the rope he kicks him in the face and he kind of like teeters off of the ropes and falls onto the the it, very it, very minimal this crash. This is the pad. kind of like Enziguri-ish thingy, or the or the the um the disaster kick thingy. More, I guess it would be like an I Enziguri. forget which kick. I just watched this last night. I don't know. <laughs> is it the one where he jumps? He like bounces off the rope and then shoots yes. one leg out. That's yes. that's what I'm talking about. That's not the Enziguri one. That's the fucking whatever disaster kick or whatever I the don't fuck. Know. Bit, like Becky Lynch does one of those. I thought oh, yeah, Cody she Rhodes does. did that as a disaster kick, but maybe disaster kick's a different move. Uh, see, this like is more kick or something. I don't know. It, more like a karate his, kind of style. I don't. It was a, a gnarly thing. Anyway. Yeah. Um. But I I picked this match a because it was one of the very first ECW matches that I saw ever, yeah. and b because I think that even though there are elements. It's kind of the same thing as the first match, where there are hardcore elements that are there, but it is actually a pretty fantastic wrestling match between two workers that you know are going to put on a great match. Like, it's pretty spectacular. I didn't like this match. (gasps) Why? This match has two cool wrestlers. Yeah. Doing a bunch of cool moves. Right? 
Yeah. I think it tells less of a story than the previous match. Okay. I think it could have been 15 minutes long. There's no, there's so many moments where Rob Van Dam could pin Jerry Lynn, and he picks him up and sets him up to do another stupid move, and then he does a move, and then Jerry Lynn gets back up and is able to do a counter and do a move, and then Rob Van Dam gets back up and does a move, and then you're like. The guy is out cold, and then Robin Dam's like, nope, I'm going to pick him up and stack him up here, and Bill Fonzo's going to throw this chair. And they do so many cool moves and do funny stuff, and they both look gnarly, and they just, they just keep going. But, I mean, the match, I feel like it started slower. It didn't have as much story. The crowd didn't play into it as much as the last one because the crowd here does not give a shit about Jerry Lynn pretty much the whole yeah. time. Whereas in the first time, they start respecting him and – chaining the new effing show whenever he does cool stuff and cheering him too. And here it's just like RVD is the only person they care about, right? So they do all these cool moves, but it's just like overkill and they just keep doing them. And they keep, oh, the crazy Rob Van Dam frog splash. Nope, gonna do some more things and this thing and then this one and then another frog splash. You know, like, like, and then Bill Alfonso's running around just helping the guy who's already winning 100% of this match. Rob Van Dam is pretty much winning. Pretty much. I mean, and then he Jerry has this Lynn... little dude running around, and that guy's not even getting heat. You know, like in any other yeah. wrestling world, a little dude who ran around and cheated for you and blew a whistle would be a heat magnet. But here he's like sidekick to the hero. You know, he's he's Robin running around, ta- you know, helping out. And Jerry <laughs> Lynn is just a a guy without a ton of char- charisma trying his best to wrestle while insanely concussed and no one cares. I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't feel it, you know, and it just went on. We watched three long matches this time. Oh man. Yes, we did. We watched three fucking very long matches. And this is the first one I watched. And when I watched it, I was like, maybe I'm just in a bad mood, but I don't think that was the case. Um, Mm. So you feel like, so you feel like majority of the moves were overkill. Well, and that it was it was in that it was way too long. Halfway through it could have ended or started the finale sequence, right? Because sure. also like Jerry Lynn doesn't have signature moves cuz you have to be charismatic too, kind of and have a character. Rob Van Dam has signature moves, but he does each one of them. I I feel like we saw saw a lot of Van Terminators, we saw a like lot six of leg Van drops. Terminators. Yeah. Six. You know, yeah. and some were cool, some were uh, into the crowd, springboarding off of the railing or whatever, but like over and fucking over again. And at what point does any wrestler not just go break Bill Alfonso's leg? <laughs> like, why does that fucker get to run around blowing his whistle? It was, and then everyone's still cheering. I don't know. I mean, I, okay, we get awesome moves in this. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, we see sure. badass move after badass move. These guys are crazy awesome athletes and wrestlers. Sure. Best bulldog I've ever seen from Jerry Lynn off the top rope. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, Just Rob Van Dam always blows my mind how good of a technical wrestler he is, how good of a crazy spot wrestler he is. Um, Oh, yeah. For just a guy who looks like a stone, a charismatic stoner to be that good, he's he's crazy, right? Um, Yeah. There were a couple moments where they kind of botched things or things didn't look as crisp, I feel like, as in the previous match. Or in the previous sure. match, when they didn't look crisp, it was for a reason. 
and here like I mean there's one moment later on in the match where I feel like Rob Van Dam just accidentally falls on like doesn't move and he's supposed to fall on Lynn's chest and he just falls on his head he just squishes his head and this is after Jerry Lynn's already been like down on the ground for three minutes straight unable to move and Rob Van Dam keeps going over like are you okay and moving his arms around and stuff to pick him up I was like, you just fell on that guy's fucking head. I felt really bad for Jerry Lynn after this match because the crowd shat on him and he probably got concussed three times. Yeah, he he at least got one concussion and a uh, broken nose. It was brutal. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. I still enjoyed the match because I like those really ridiculous, high yeah. energy, a lot of you know back and forth, a lot of counters. And also, uh, I really enjoyed the work that they did on the outside and in the crowd. Like, that yeah. just, it seems like a really fun, it's fun kind of match. It's the kind of I match mean, I like we to watch. Got, we got, like, fans' signs that said, got beaver? Right in our face. <laughs> that was great. I like, uh, no, it was terrible. Um, again, so, yeah. there were great <laughs> moments and really fun moves, but... Yeah. Then they and they fucked up a belly to belly thing from the top rope. Jerry Lynn falls in the match. Rob Van Dam gets crotched. No sells the crotch because he was apparently supposed to do the move and and hit Jerry Lynn or something. Yeah. And goes into a pin. And I was just like, that's just another highlight to me of how there's not a ton of logic in this match. Anyway. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to more... go on this rant, but uh, you kind of hey, set that's me okay. up. That's okay. Well, you know. It's been a while since we've had a, you know, a standoff about a match, but yeah. that's okay. That's okay. We'll we'll call it we'll we'll just call it down the middle. Really? You're this... not gonna? You could probably convince me to like it. Maybe no. here's a oh here I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my opinion of not liking this match, which is totally crazy compared to some of the other matches we've watched that I reluctantly said <laughs> I liked. But you know, apples and oranges. True. What I'm going to give you kind of about this match is that it, I think it's, you have to hold it in comparison to the first one. Yes, you do. And the first one was kind of a surprise when it happened. So much so that they had to do this match. And yeah. it was so good, right? Um, I mean, yeah, it was, it was an incredible match. It was an incredible match. I feel like they um, just hit a point of diminishing returns, plus they had a worse crowd and a worse story this time. Like, no time limit. I was like, man, I love the fact that there was a time limit in the first one, and I like how Jerry Lynn's downfall was when he said, no, I want to, you know what, I'm an honorable man, I'm not going to win by time limit, or like yeah. they were bizarrely going to do it. Let's keep wrestling. And then I was like, oh, now there's no time limit, so he, he'll win. Yeah. Or... You know, maybe they set it up like Rob Van Dam is is showboating too much. I wish the match had a story like Jerry Lynn getting annoyed with that and slow heel turning or something. Or RVD showboating too much and Jerry Lynn getting the upper hand. But there is no there's no narrative. It's just trade match, trade move, trade move. RVD's better wins. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that this match, I enjoyed it because it was so long and because... It just kept going, but I could see how the first match, way tighter, and since I love television titles, 
I do see the point of the time limit as being able to add a sense of a narrative. Like there's a there's a, there's a clear drama. cut narrative. There's built in drama there. So you know that's okay. It's okay. You don't have to like the match. That's the freedom of I still don't three like out it. of three falls. I'm just, I just I, thought I, that I thought of a devil's advocate position for me, but um, I didn't like it. I didn't fine. hate it. Did you like it more than the Blade Runners? That's a toughie. <laughs> you know, because I feel like I'm going to remember that Blade Runners match more for the rest of my life. <laughs> hmm. That thing the warrior does. Anyway. Um, I guess. Do you want to have a? Do you have a final thought, or was that it? Should we move on? No, let's move on, man. Match number two. Match number two. What my, do you got for us, Joe? My pick this week was the Brian Kendrick versus Kota <laughs> Ibushi from mm. the Cruiserweight Classic quarterfinals. Cruiserweight Classic episode eight, August thirty first, twenty sixteen. This was the first match of the Cruiserweight Classic tournament that I had watched. Oh, I did not watch. I did not watch this tournament. I was going to ask was, if this you was had my watched intro. this match. No, I had not watched this match you didn't, before. You you never watched this match or any Cruiserweight Classic. Nope. So sure didn't. The Cruiserweight Classic was neat and fun and uneven, right? Especially in the first round when they had a billion people there. Sure. Um, but it was still kind of fun. The reason I picked this match was because I remembered liking it. I wanted, okay. I've been wanting to see another Kota Ibushi match because it's been a year. Okay. I wanted to see Kendrick being the character he played on the CWC, which was he would all of his backstage stuff. He would talk to Daniel Bryan backstage. They would air video packages for everybody, and he would yeah. be like, "I'm so happy to be back in the WWE." I had some rough years. This is my last shot at a career. Okay. And I'm a, I'm a stand-up guy. I'm a veteran. I'm a good dude. And Daniel Bryan's like, he's my friend. I wrestled my first match against him. I'm rooting for him. Daniel Bryan is the perennial face, right? Yeah. Then Kendrick comes out and wrestles these dastardly veteran matches where he <laughs> is constantly using the environment to his advantage and doing evil things, right? And just being a, uh, a oh jerk. Oh, yeah, dude. And his finisher at this point is called the Bully Choke. He's just like a crappy bad guy, but he comes out as like all the narrative around him. And even during the match, <laughs> Daniel Bryan's going, I, I love Bryan. I love Kendrick. I hope he wins, you know? like, And Brian, Daniel Bryan's such like a, a good guy that... I just like that character dynamic. So I wanted that. But also, I'm psyched for the Mae Young Classic later this month. And I wanted Ooh. to remember how neat the CWC ended up being. Sure, yeah. So um, what did you think about this match? I as thought your first that... C, as your first CWC match. I So I overall enjoyed this match. I thought it was a very... <sighs> It was long, but it was well-paced. I think that they could have shaved about five minutes off of this match. Really? Uh, yeah, I do. I think it could have been tighter, but that's that's just... I think that I was just feeling some fatigue from the... Previous I watched this. I watched this third. Oh, God. Oh, bad choice. <laughs> um, but... but um, 
I forgot about how ridiculous the Brian Kendrick is. The? Yeah. <laughs> also, it's hilarious that your fucking name is the anything. Yeah. You'd be like, I'm the Jason. Yeah. You're the Joe. Yep. You know, something like that. Like, the it's fu- it's fucking, it is fucking ridiculous. Um, I liked... I fucking uh, whatever Ibashi, Ibushi, uh, Ibushi. Ibushi, yeah, Ibushi. He was really cool. He did some fucking kind of absurd shit. Lots of kicks. Lots of fucking kicks, particularly to the head. There's the kick a... to the head fucking blew me away. Like I know it's just a fucking kick to the head, but it looked fucking vicious. Yeah. Also, Brian Kendrick is the kind of dude, or sorry, the Brian Kendrick is yeah. the kind of dude who, whenever he fucking takes a bump, yeah. like he just looks like he's dead. He he just fucking slumps. Yeah. There's a so Kota Ibushi's doing these punches and body shots. They look great. After Kendrick fucks with him, he like runs out of the ring to taunt him. Right in the beginning of the match, comes in, blows him a kiss. Right. Sure. Yeah. And Ibushi does all these Sir. punches and then swings this kick at him. And Daniel Bryan goes, here we are less than a minute into this match and Ibushi's already hit his first kick. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a fucking kick. But Ibushi, famous for his kicks, for his striking. Yeah, dude, then Ibushi goes and does an insane golden triangle moonsault. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Which yeah. cracked me up crazy. even more because it was an awesome move, but... Daniel Bryan was excited for a kick. <laughs> and then he goes and does this crazy move. But yeah, his yeah. kicks were out of control. But he also... I, yeah, kicks. He does so many kicks. Yeah. Um, I think that that's something that's kind of a... In both in both the previous match, the Robin Dam and Jerry Lynn match, and this match, yeah. lots of fucking kicks. Shitload yes. of kicks. This is like yeah. a kicking fucking episode, dude. This is we're kicking out the fucking jams or some shit. Um, but I had a question for you. A huge you Pele said... kick too, by the way. Kendrick's yeah. on the huge. top rope. Yeah, fucking and huge. Ibushi jumps up and does a Pele kick and kicks him in the face somehow. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking absurd. I had a question for you. You yeah. said that the cruiserweight classic tournament was uneven. Yeah. Was this a first round match? No, or this was is this quarterfinals? Quarterfinals. So this is the final eight people. Yes. Were the once they got to this kind of tier of match, were they pretty much all this kind of consistent work work yeah. rate? Okay. So this episode had two matches on it. I think the match the episode before had two. The following match has two. Or the following episode has the semifinals. And then the last one has maybe like a exhibition match, and then the 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 grand the fine the the championship match, right? Gotcha. Um, yeah, once you narrowed it down, because they had some people who were greener than others, you know, and they well, also yeah. had people who they weren't giving them as much time. But yeah. um, this match has Kendrick, who is great, and Kota Ibushi, who is like up there in the runnings of best wrestler in Japan or something, you know, like he's beloved and, and a huge name. And the whole like story around him in this tournament is that the announcers keep saying he's favored to win from the start. He's like number one seat basically. Sure. Right? 
there's a chance he would have won if he would have signed with WWE, but he didn't. He worked in a couple NXT matches, but around this time, but he didn't yeah. want to um, commit. You know, in yeah. a nice way. I mean, they didn't get an argument about it. He was just like, "No, I'll come do this, but I don't want to do a full time thing." So, uh, sure. I imagine if he did want to, that they would have, you know, shot rocket him to the moon because he's so fucking awesome. Oh yeah, no, I mean he's a really he's a really great worker and he's a really he's really expressive yeah he's very he's very expressive a, a good look and yeah he's his face is after some stuff were, were hilarious <laughs> and he was just i don't know everything was like as crisp as it was supposed to be in that moment you know sure and he does all sorts ah. of crazy moves favorite part of the match for me yeah was whenever he went for I think it was another kind of like crazy moonsault situation and he missed and Kendrick put in the fucking uh his submission move. Yeah. The choke. Fully awesome. choke. It was awesome. That was I was like, oh I popped huge for that shit. Yeah. It was awesome. That was really good. That was a really fun sequence. All of the working the neck and the way Ibushi is selling all this neck so that he has, he had a surgically repaired neck they keep saying. Right? Mm. Okay. So Kendrick is working the neck, and surprise, Kendrick's uh, finisher is a neck-based move. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, Kendrick is just, you know, in great bad guy form, he's doing all of these headlocks, you know, neck cravats, you know, torquing on the neck. And uh, for a guy with a surgically repaired neck, Kota Ibushi can sure make it look like his neck is being hurt really bad and, and continue the match. You know what I mean? Like... His the sure. way his neck bends is crazy, and I mean there's crazy moves in this. There's a burning hammer, which oh dude the one that fucking up on Ken, his back that Kendrick then, fucking whoop. hits yeah oh dude yeah, that was Sickening. fucking crazy. I hadn't seen that move in fucking forever. Daniel Bryan screams at the top of his lungs. Oh my god, the commentary and it team looked fucking hilarious in this, and gr- <laughs> like really adds to it. I feel like. Yeah, um, no, I totally, I totally forgot about the bringing hammer. That shit was crazy. Yeah. So I guess my thing with this match, which was, uh, I mean, I loved how quick the guys move into their counters and their setups. I don't think there was that. Oh, sorry, there was that German suplex when from outside the ring when Abushi oh, yes. is on the second rope oh, and lifts yeah. him over, and when he picks him up, they kind of like wobble for a second. And a lady yeah. in the crowd, like, legit yelps in terror. <laughs> like, someone is going to die here. The whole crowd hushes. And a lady, yeah. like, tries to muffle a scream because she's... It was it was a great moment. But this match, I didn't pick it because you picked your match, right? Yeah. I think this match is awesome. And I think this match did what I wanted the RVD Jerry Lynn match to do. Because they both, uh, they both have so many big spots, and they're both sure two great wrestlers doing really cool moves. But Kendrick yeah. and Ibushi spin a story, and with the help of the announcers to some extent. Although Daniel Bryan's announcing for Kendrick is at odds with his portrayal in the match, I just look, kind of like that dissonance. But these guys in the match spin this story, and again, it's not the biggest story, like. Abushi is just I'm gonna be a good wrestler 
and Kendrick's like, I'm a Wiley veteran and I'm 37 and I have to not get my ass kicked by your, you, I not get my head kicked in and I've got to yeah. trap your leg in the fucking thing or, or get out of your hold and do a neck breaker over the ring post. Or yeah. I have to do all these clever, crafty things. And then Ibushi's like, no, I caught you out of it. You know what I mean? Like, So there is some sort of story, but I don't think you could cut five minutes from this because you'd be cutting Kendrick in with a twerking neck cravat, which you need that type of thing to build a valley before the next crescendo that isn't just sure. a concussed guy laying there while a dude blows a whistle and another dude gloats, you know, like, I mean, over I, and over. I under... like, there was no moment in this match where I was like, just pin him, just pin the guy, you know, yeah. cause they were so quick into the pin and then the kick out and then the knot and then the guys and then, Oh, you know what I mean? Like it all made sure. sense to me in the moment. Does that okay. make sense? It made sense. I mean, that makes sense. I think that I just remember watching it in the moment and feeling like ah, this is running a little long um but that's okay um yeah. i think that there's that's that's just where i'm coming from we're not that's that's just me our ma- i i'm not saying i picked a better match than you jason <laughs> this wasn't let's pick matches oh fight. man no 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 and no. also this is and this is actually the first time in a very long time well i pick that... shitty matches all the time <laughs> right well, like i'll pick yeah, a random I, four minute farouk raw match and then you'll be like okay. i picked the most popular match ever and i'm like well <laughs> this is weird but hey to each their own right this is just an occasion where we both ran we both ended up picking matches that when i watched them back to back i was like there's a lot in common and a lot different with these matches and they made me yeah. they bounced off each other you know yeah 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 no 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 that's and that's that's great yeah Kota Ibushi flipping Kendrick out of the last bully choke into like a kind of a roll up pin. Oh yeah, no, that's right was before sick. the end sequence. Like the way he like is hitting him and then like is able to get him up and flip him over. I don't know. I loved it. I was. I, yeah, I no, think I liked it was, this match it was more good. this time than the first time even. Well, I you know I enjoyed it. I yeah, would be man. interested. I would be interested to hear from you. If we can take this offline, or maybe this can be, I don't know, a separate post. Mm-hmm. Um, what other matches from the Cruiserweight Classic yeah. you would recommend? Um, off the top of my head, I, so I don't remember everything, right? I'd have to look at the bracket again. I know sure. Kendrick fought Raul Mendoza. How was that? Earlier, and maybe first round. And... You, we didn't know that Kendrick was going to come out and be this rascally jerk, right? Sure. And he comes out, and Raul Mendoza has braces. And he oh, grinds Raul Mendoza's mouth against the ring rope. Holy shit. He does all this jerk moves, until, and Raul Mendoza's mouth gets bloody. He And I was just like, what the fuck? It was a cool match, right? Um, I feel like if you... So Grand Metallic does some cool luchador stuff once you get into the oh and this is Tommaso Ciampa Johnny Gargano fought each other oh shit um you've got Jack Gallagher and Zack Sabre Jr. doing crazy stuff 
Okay. But, um, well, I feel like also in the first round, there's a lot of uneven stuff, but there's a lot of like jacked cruisers doing power moves. So like, yeah, while there's matches where one guy blows or maybe both are not that great. There's also matches where like two guys, you're never going to watch wrestle again, get uh, 10 minutes and they put on something neat, you know? I don't know. I thought it was yeah. worthwhile. I'm a little skeptical of the May Young Classic because I think they're just putting it all on, net- on the network in two days, like 10 yeah. hours of TV or something. And I like sure. how the CWC broke it up. There was maybe too much repetition in the video packages they aired, but um, sure. I liked how it wasn't like, like that weekend's going to fucking suck. I'm going to be like, oh, I got to fucking watch 10 hours of <laughs> Dude, you're gonna have to in a row. You're gonna have to go for a fucking run. And then you can't to... you can't go on Reddit because they're gonna be like winner of the Cedo or the May Young Classic and you're like shit. I gotta avoid the dirt sheets and I gotta avoid Reddit <laughs> for a week because I don't wanna have it spoiled, right? Yeah, man. No, you gotta um, you gotta avoid that shit. Anyway, um we have one more match we have to talk about. Let's okay. fucking match, match number three. The random match generators pick this week. Rene- the Renegade Warriors, do they have a the- are the are they the Renegade Warriors or are they just Renegade Warriors? Let's just call them Renegade Warriors. Okay. Renegade Warriors versus the Fabulous Freebirds from WCW Halloween Havoc 1990, October 27, 1990. Well, first of all, I think the random match generator needs to have a round of applause. This because is a it random didn't... match. <laughs> Actually, lived up to its fucking. Uh... I think what I think the dustricity is what did it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Or, or sorry, dustricity. Yeah, you Fuck, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to fucking jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want this next week. Damn it! God. Um, okay. What? I didn't watch WCW at this time. Oh, man. You were missing a lot. I did not think this is what the Renegade Warriors would be. <laughs> I well, also don't understand uh, no. how, why there are only two Freebirds and why they have a best friend mascot, Little Richard, Little Richard Marley, the roadie, and also why they are yeah. wearing Luna and Bull Nakano's face paint. <laughs> I don't know what's going so, on. So, uh, there's a lot of shit to get through in this match. First of all, the Renegade Warriors are the younger brothers. Uh, their last names are Youngblood. So yeah. they are Jay Youngblood's younger brothers. Now, Jay Youngblood was a, a very popular wrestler in the Mid-Atlantic NWA territory in the early 80s, he had a very successful tag team with Ricky Steamboat. Oh, cool. Uh, they famously beat uh, the Briscoes for the NWA Tag Team Championship at Starcade 83. Uh, but uh, Jay Youngblood. Holy he liked shit, Ricky Steamboat was jacked. Oh, yeah, dude. Super fucking jacked. Um, I don't remember but, that. Yeah. Um,. But Jay Youngblood liked a bit of the nose candy. Oh. Um, and he he died young. Oh, bummer. Uh, yeah. But though these are his uh, less talented younger brothers. 
There's some big boys who have who have a Native American uh, gimmick. Lots of face paint. They have face paint. Yeah, a lot of uh, pink. A lot of pink. A lot of pink and turquoise. Uh, the fabulous Freebirds at this time uh, consisted of Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin. Jimmy this Jam. is like the third iteration of the fabulous Freebirds. The yeah. Freebirds were originally Michael Hayes, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. And ah, oh, fucking hell, uh, Buddy Roberts. Uh, were they? They were a trio. They utilized the free bird rule that the New Day use all the time now. Very popular in the world class. Actually, had a brief run in the WWF in 1984, but Michael Hayes kept going back and forth between NWA and World Class. Split up with Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts. Came on to the NWA slash WCW and decided to reform the Freebirds with oh. Jimmy with Jimmy Garvin, who was a fellow former world class uh heel. Okay. Um so this is kind of the Freebirds are back in action. A weird They're version. kind of a very weird version, a very like eighties hair metal version of the Freebirds. Yeah. The Freebirds originally were like Southern Yep. You know, Z, like ZZ Top, Leonard Skinner yes, uh, style, you know, fucking rowdy boys who would drink a lot of whiskey and do carry some coke. Carry out the Confederate and, flag. Yeah, carry out the Confederate flag and fucking fuck your girlfriend and beat up the Von Erics. Shit like that. This is more like we are, we are hair metal. Hence yeah. why they have bizarre makeup on. Yeah, they I think crazy. that that is. That's their coked up steroid version of 80s hair metal. I mean, Michael Hayes had like pink hair. He had like spray like painted orange pink hair. They orange, both had hair. like, you know, the weird thing is though that when you think of 80s hair metal, you think of like skinny 25 year old guys who look like women. Yeah. And so these are two big, burly ass 40 year olds. <laughs> With we were thin and hair, hairy, hairy chested, <laughs> barrel chested, middle aged men with thin, yeah. flowy, thin, thin hair and ugh. thin so long hair. They don't look, they just look like weird monster people, right? They don't look like hair metal guys. <laughs> no, they don't. But I think that that's what they were going for. Like, they're always like, hey, man, we just came back from tour. Oh, yeah. We brought up, we brought a roadie with us. Yeah, who the Little hell is rich that guy? Fuck if I know. It's the first time I've ever seen him. <laughs> See, I thought maybe you had seen this match before. No, That's no. Great. I mean, I, I, the, the, there's two matches that I know from Halloween Havoc 1990. One is the Steiner Brothers versus the Nasty Boys. I've talked about this on the podcast before. And the other one is mm. Sid Vicious versus Sting for the uh, WCW Championship. Apparently, there's a very good tag team match where Ric Flair and Arn Anderson take on Doom, who are the tag team of Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. Oh, cool. Who were like unstoppable That'd tag team champions pick. at the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is this was Bad. this was the match the the previous two matches were all about the, you know, it's, they were the matches of the kick. This was the match of the headlock rest spot. The good guys do bunches of headlocks in this move match. Everyone's fucking winded. It seems like you should do that. Fucking winded. No, 
A, a headlock arrest spot is a heat generating uh, tactic. One of it's the, not something. <laughs> one of the Renegade Warriors has, I think, Jimmy Jam in a headlock, and then Jim, Jimmy Jam throws him, and he like they bounce off the ropes, and then Jimmy Jam puts his head down to do like a back body drop, and the guy like. Sure sort of hops over him with like a he tries to do like a frog hop but just does one leg over and then grabs him back in a headlock and he's like look <laughs> at that cool move i did and everyone's like what the fuck was that yeah crowd was totally dead for this match except well first i want to say that this match apparently was signed because the freebirds beat up a wrestler named alan iron eagle who's friends with the renegade warriors and the Renegade okay. Warriors want revenge, so that's the mini feud. I okay. just want to say that I'm happy that WCW had that many Native American wrestlers all at once. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's zero in WWE right now, right? Yeah, there's none. The only one has been well in in recent history has been Tatanka. That's not even that's back at this time, dude. Th- well, this is predates fucking Tatanka by like two years. Yeah, by like two years. And previously, that was there was like only so then Chief there's J. Strongbow. Tatanka, and then there's twenty years of no, <laughs> no, no Native American wrestling. They have three. Oh wait, Joe Gomez. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the crowd is dead and doesn't give a shit, except for and this harkens back to the thing you were talking about on a previous episode. The good guys aren't over in this. The bad guys are every once in a while over because Hayes, Michael P.S. Hayes knows how to get heat, you know? Um, oh, yeah, dude. And he's cheating all the time. He keeps sneaking in lefts, which I thought Heyman says of him. I don't care if he's 90 years old. He'll beat Holyfield any day of the week because of his <laughs> left hand. And he's called the master of the cheap shot. It's hilarious. But halfway through <laughs> this insanely long match that goes almost to its 20-minute time limit for a total garbage yeah. tag match, right? Yeah, totally. They start talking about the DDT, which apparently is a finisher that the Freebirds use. This is when Jake the Snake was using it, and you you talked about on on a previous podcast how they couldn't have Jake the Snake be a bad guy against Hulk Hogan because the DDT was such an over move, and people would chant and cheer for the DDT regardless of who did it. And we see that here where there's so much cheating and dastardly you know, uh, tactics and evil doing from uh, yeah. the Freebirds. But because they have the DDT and they start teasing it and they start working the neck and the announcers are talking about it and he goes for it once, the crowd starts chanting DDT and they cannot wait oh, yeah. for him to hit the DDT. And he does it in this cool sequence in the end where they distract yeah. the ref and then the guy misses and, blah, blah, and Hayes comes in and hits a DDT. And the crowd just flips out cheering for the bad guys. And it's this bizarre moment of like you. I was just thinking Jason was so right. That move is more over than half the roster probably at this point. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. I mean that this was and also this is back when the DDT actually fucking meant something. Yeah. When it was actually a finishing maneuver like it. That move was huge, huge. Now, there were only three people in WCW who are allowed to use the DDT. Oh, wow. Freebirds mm-hmm. both use the DDT. Mainly Michael P.S. Hayes did. Yeah. Um, and Arn Anderson would use it. Oh, okay, cool. 
So that was like, that was. I it. thought that was, yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was back whenever you know. It's not like everyone could use the power bomb. Only Sid Vicious was allowed to use the power bomb. Yeah. You know, there were certain moves that were kind of off limits. It's not like everyone could do the figure four. That was yeah. Flair's move. Um, but yeah, dude, DDT was fucking over. It was fucking over. It's crazy how popular that move is. That people know Michael P.S. Hayes and they like him because they know him. And they're probably yeah. in the South here. But um, it's the DDT that they most pop for. Uh, yeah, no, totally. And the fact that it's the most popular wrestler in the ring doing it doesn't hurt. Um, and that people don't care that much about the Renegade Warriors. But, then, you know, the Renegade Warriors rally near the end is sort of fun. The whole end thing is kind of fun. It's just it comes this... 20 minutes into a match that should have been five, you know. Yeah, it's this match... Of... This I watched, match definitely should have been 10 minutes long. I watched the first five or six minutes of it, and then I had to go to bed, and then I watched the rest later. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's, like, and then it's rough. They get to a point where they go, the timekeeper goes, 15 minutes have passed. <laughs> there are five minutes remaining. And I was like, holy shit. This yeah. boring-ass match has been going on for 15 fucking minutes? Yeah, it's wild. But you know, I guess that's why I don't. I've never heard of the Renegade Warriors before. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, they went down like a fucking lead balloon in WCW. They so, didn't really do. They didn't really do a whole lot. I think this was about the biggest feud that feud, they had. Yeah. Well, is it safe to say neither of us like this match? Pretty safe. But one thing we do like is the DDT. And that this isn't Goldust versus the Ultimate Warrior from Raw, whatever, <laughs> 187 or whatever it is. Yeah, totally. No, uh, correct. Correct. But uh, we but got yeah. a random match. That's pretty cool. We actually got a random match. This back time. in business. Yeah, totally back in fucking business, dude. I dislike two out of three matches this time. That's crazy. I've never done that before. Well, there's I actually always... had an okay time, you know, watching all of them. I mean, it's not the end well, of the world. It's well, long, and... but yeah, it was long. I mean, we they were all like near twenty minute matches, um, but I hope that, and we hope that uh, you, the listener, enjoyed it as well. Yeah, go watch these matches. Maybe don't watch the last one. Maybe no, fast they should... forward. No, they to should the watch DDT it. part. Yeah, they should. <laughs> They should fucking watch it. If you're if you're gonna dive in, dive all the way. Yeah. I would recommend my pick this week. Not always a thing I do. Recommend <laughs> my pick. But uh rewatching that match I was really psyched about it. I was like, um one of my friends listened to the podcast was like, I don't have the WWE network. He's the one who asked if we could post YouTube uh, post or Daily clips. Motion links or whatever, right? Sure. And I was, I'm really going to, I'm going to tell him like, you should go watch this match. This is a really fun match. Anyway. Uh, thanks for listening people again, subscribe iTunes podcast, uh, T O O T F dot Tumblr.com T O O T F dot Tumblr.com Tutif. Tutif. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll post the links there and we, you know, occasionally post some other stuff. And, uh, I think we were, we got another mini episode, Bruins. So one of these skip weeks, we'll toss that out, um, hopefully. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone.